People deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time. One love to everybody locked in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and of course, good night, depending on who you are. And obviously, wherever you are in this world, one love to the Twitch gang, one love to the podcasters, one love to the moderators, subscribers, and whatnot. Obviously, people, while I'm here, please make sure you're following and subscribing on Twitch. Also, make sure you're subscribing and following on YouTube. After this, I'll be live at 11.30 a.m. where we'll be talking all things Arsenal. Now, I hope everyone's doing well and safe on this Friday. I hope everyone's had a week to remember. I hope everyone's got their physical health, mental health, and all other denominations, and I'll extend that to their loved ones. On that, I hope you've all had a good week in terms of moving to your goals, hopes, dreams, and aspirations. And on that note, I hope you all have a good Friday and a good weekend. Personally, it's been a good week for me. You have been supporting the content. You know, we've put in a shift on Twitch. We've put in a shift on YouTube. On the topic of Twitch, 4pm, I'll be live to do Football Manager and things like that. So three bits of content from me. You know, big up Dan in the comments. Good morning, everyone. Hope we're all good. And, and exactly like that, you know, we all we can hope for is that we're good. It sounds cliche, but it really is understated, you know, how much you need your health and things like that. So it is well it is a couple of things to speak about i don't think i'm going to be here the longest but i want to go over a couple of things now the first thing i want to go over is obviously not so much italy versus spain because i think we've covered that but just as quick side notes of the italy spain game you know gavi good account of himself didn't look like a 17 year old talk variety of football in less than isolated to that 90 minutes Busquets put you know that was the best Busquets I've seen in a while because I don't think I've seen the real Busquets in a while for Barcelona. Obviously, man to a man, Spain did their job for Italy. The red card did change things. Unusually unorganised, I would say, defensively. Like the goal, the, the first goal, Bastoni, Benucci, everyone out of position, if I'm completely honest with you. They were caught cold. Didn't really look like they had much ideas. Still look like they're still somewhat in party mode after obviously winning the Euros. And I think the midfield battle was lost, like you saw. Um, I think Colke, everybody in that Spain squad, man to a man, did their job. And I think it's, it, it's, it's, that's backed up in the sense of every midfielder that started came off. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Verratti, Jorginho, Barella, they all got subbed in that game. Um for whatever for whatever reason of course Italy's job wasn't made hard wasn't made easier apologies going down to 10 men oh I think it's one of them where I still maintain it only Benucci is going to know if he meant to do that because it's I've watched it time and time again my initial reaction is he ain't meant to do nothing he's trying to get elevation and he's doing what he's doing but then on some other replays it's not that he has a look and bearing in mind Busquets was antagonizing Italian players it does look like he has a little look and does it and maybe it's a bit of you know a rush of blood from him, a stupid moment that someone that experienced shouldn't do, but only he will know. What I would say is if you meant to do it, you're playing a dangerous game doing it to, to anybody, let alone Busquets. Busquets is probably the worst player, dark art specialist, going to act like he's been shot in his eye, even though, to be fair, that was a pretty hefty one from Benucci and whatnot. Um, you know, Chiesa got an assist as well, but I think Chiesa's decision-making at times wasn't the best, and I think one thing that I see with Chiesa, it's a bit like what I see in Martinelli, is that their greatest strength is obviously they're technically good. Sometimes I think their over-enthusiasm can actually disadvantage the team and disadvantage themselves. But end of the day, he got an assist. Didn't see much from any other player, really and truly. You know, Di Lorenzo made a good tackle towards the end of the game, but he had to try very hard. You know, he had a long day at the office in relation to that game. Um Moving away from that, if we get into the France versus Belgium game, what a mad game of football, you know. Mad, absolute mad game of football. Five goals between them, 3-2 to France. I can't lie, when France were 2-0 down, again, I don't want to say it looked like Deschamps was going to get sacked because, again, it's all fun and game saying sack a manager, whether it's Southgate or whatever. You've got to remember there's a World Cup away. There is qualifiers. You probably have to switch up everything. So there is there is that to consider. But saying that, you know, France, they won the World Cup, disappointed in the Euros. You know, I don't think Deschamps has shown he can, you know, take the next step of the evolution of the team, probably blood in, new blood in, getting rid of a couple of players, trying new things. You know, this is the second time I've, I don't mind free at the back, but the way Deschamps is doing it isn't working. It didn't work against Switzerland. Really and truly, the individual brilliance of France saved, saved his bacon because he lost the tactical battle against Belgium for the large period of the game, especially the first half. You know, Pavard was shit, if I'm honest with you. Um, 
you know, players were disillusioned. They were caught cold. Belgium showed the lesson of the good, bad and the ugly. Terrible man management from the manager and the players. You know, when they were 2-0 up, you know, they did well. They pressed France. Well, they had them penned in their own half. It was a game for the neutrals. They didn't try and get that, that, that third and fourth and put the game to bed. And I think if you look at Kevin De Bruyne's early chance, you remember when Jules Akonde's kind of miss swiped at it and it's and he's met, you know, it's a bit Sunday league, yes, and, and Loris has made a save. That puts it. That puts that miss into con into consideration. And I think Kevin De Bruyne for club and country has been quite poor for a while now. I know he, people can turn around and say he got two assists and he did, but he stunk up the place yesterday. Let's be real. I didn't think Hazard deserved to be sub, but he didn't have the best of games. You know, again, Belgium, this golden generation, it's now or never. I think apart from Lukaku, no one can leave with any pride. Courtois as well. You know, the defenders for Tongan and Toby Adeviro, they didn't want to play football. They just wanted to go long, and it was a case of poor game management you know once that second half started you could see belgium we were you were we were here 24 hours ago people doing the watch along on twitch shout the twitch gang you could see they were going to bottle it they were too deep in their own half no one wanted the ball everyone's blaming each other it really looked like it really looked like they were going to crumble and credit to france clearly it looked like one of them the managers let them have it at half time the players have probably spoken about it themselves and then they've went they've, they've made it happen really i can't lie i know you know, in today's day and age, that is a penalty. But I think that's a very soft penalty. Telemans is given a decision to make. Obviously, I do think the attacking players for France were good. I think Deschamps needs to... Like I said, I think they they saved his job. I think it gave a bit of Ole Gullasolcia against Villarreal vibes, if I'm honest with you, that if that result goes left, you might have to hand in your P45. But I think the attacking players saved France because I did feel, you know, Pogba, terrific effort towards the end of the game with that free kick. I think he was good. Not the mo not the most amazing I've seen him, but a better Pogba than I've probably seen at United for a while. And saying that he's done quite well in terms of output, very good performance from Pogba. The Rabiot thing don't work. The minute Rabiot come off and Pogba look more free and stuff, they looked a bit better. Griezmann had a good game, cute little passes and whatnot. Obviously won a penalty. The men of the match... To the two Real Madrid players, you know, Benzema um, and obviously little bro or his little bro, Kylian Mbappe. I did feel Kylian Mbappe was on the pace merchant thing for large periods, just chasing his touch, but he was making good runs. He was driving in behind, hitting stepovers. You know, you know what you're going to get with Benzema. He's going to work the channels well, the link up plays there. And his goals are typical Benzema finish, making something out of nothing really and truly and making it look elegant with it. So, yeah, I think Benzema and Mbappe, all of the attacking players look good. Um, Three at the back looks a bit tough. You know, Lukaku, I can't lie. Hernandez, you got absolutely eaten alive by Lukaku for that goal. Is that goal, should that goal be rightly or wrongly disallowed? Only you lot can draw that conclusion. I did think Lukaku was a, you know, um, obviously when Belgium thought they made it 3-2, I did think he was a bit unlucky. But Belgium can only count that, you know, can only blame themselves. For me personally... In that second half, it didn't look like a team where, you know, you've got Toby Alderweireld, generally speaking, Courtois, Kevin De Bruyne, Hazard, Toby Alderweireld, Vertonghen, Witzel, people that have played top division football for a while, people that have played international football for a while, people that are experienced in terms of football football and relative to age. It was very naive and they looked like, they looked like deers in the wild, you know, it looked like France were going to savage them and credit to Deschamps. Personally, when I went when they went 2-0 down, I was thinking, yo, you gotta change things. Probably have to hook Pavard off, you know, probably have to change from a three at the back, go to a four and let them have it. But I think um, Belgium played into their hands, and I think both teams poor defending for the goals in ice in isolated moments cost them. And there was even times I'm seeing Vitzel, Kevin De Bruyne losing the ball in silly areas, you know, Telemans didn't have the best of games. Um so, yeah, man, as I, as I, obviously there's a bit of injuries where France are concerned. They haven't got N'Golo Kante. All in all, I think it was, a, you know, five goals, so it's terrible defending for everyone. I think Deschamps saved his job, as I said. I think it was a fantastic game. I did feel in these last two UEFA Nations Leagues, the refs has taken the, the, the gloss of football of the game, if I'm honest with you. Is it a red, um, you know, obviously, is it a penalty, isn't it? Against Italy, is it a red card, isn't it? Now, refs are always going to be the villains. Even though I don't think Kevin De Bruyne um, had the best of games, as I said, he turned around and got two assists. So, yeah, it was a good game for me. Benzema Mbappe, men of the match for me, to be fair with you. Um, I felt sorry for... Um, I actually felt sorry for Courtois and I did feel sorry at, at times in the opening for Hugo Lloris. So it is what it is in that regards, people. So that's that with the Nations League. And obviously, you know, the third place playoffs and obviously the final on Sunday is due to be lit. I actually think the third place playoff might be better than the final, if I'm, in, if I'm honest with you. Obviously, you've got Belgium versus Italy. I expect Italy to walk them. You know, again, Italy weren't at the races, but if 
Belgium carry on with some of the naiveties they did, they're going to get eaten alive against Italy. And obviously, you've got the final between Spain and, and, and France. Ironically, Kylian Mbappe could be playing ahead, playing against a country where he expects to go and live in the next couple of months. Obviously, he wants to go to Real Madrid and whatnot. So, We'll have to see what happens in that regards, man. Obviously, for extra live streams and videos, subscribe to me on YouTube as well as Twitch. Big up, big yards. Wagwan deluded. I don't know why, man, you, they don't let Pogba take free kicks. He's more than capable. He should demand it more, man. You are lucky. Pogba is a humble you. DG, who should be the next Belgian manager as Martinez surely doesn't survive this? Personally, I'm not sure, bro. But I do think he goes into the World Cup as as Belgian manager, if that's what you're asking me. Um, Chase Gold, you're right. What a game it was, man. And big up yourself and everybody listening. Morning to you, Lab Razzle. Dan, as I've said, I appreciate you lot locked in. Um, Slick has said, I want France to win. I mean, I want them to win as well. Big up Josh for looking after me. Forgot to put a category, updated it for you. Again, Josh, I didn't forget it, you know. StreamYard actually asked you, they asked me once again, sports, I've clicked sport. I've actually, well, you can't see it now. I've got a checklist to avoid these things, but good looking out. You know, that's good defending. Speaking of Italians, again, StreamYard's trying to do me dirty, my guy, but I appreciate that. Absolute joke of a, of a platform. We've got to use it until OBS improves its database. If Kalini isn't fit, I think they'll struggle. To be fair to you, you're right. Kalini not being fit, you know, Benucci not playing. But even with these guys, they looked a bit shaky. Obviously, Bastoni had a decent game, in my opinion, but he's still young and still learning the tricks and trades. And as I said at the start, uncharacteristically, in um Italy apologies were um they were a bit too open defensively. And again, it looked like they were in holiday mode. There were some lovely touches from Verratti, but he looked second bet. The midfield lost in it, like Jorginho, all of these guys lost. Obviously, making it making it 10 men is always going to make something, always going to play a part on the game and whatnot. But yeah, man, and like I said, I think, I think the final will be good. You know, I expect France to run right. I can't lie. You can't disrespect um, Spain or write them off. But I actually think the third place playoff between Italy and Belgium will be probably good because you've got, you know, Lukaku against the country he used to play in. You know, there's all these little things and stuff. I guess, I don't know, man. I don't really rate Roberto Martinez, but he's, you know, I guess he's earned his chops. I don't, I haven't seen fuck all really, pardon my language, from this golden generation of Belgium. Like, they're all achieved stuff at club level, without a doubt. You know, Eden Hazard, he's had a good career. Kevin, the same. Witzel, the same. Lukaku, without a doubt. But together, collectively, I'm not too sure. Maybe, just maybe, Thierry Henry. Like, I can't lie. When they were 2-0 up, I was thinking, what? Surely Thierry Henry is the manager of this, of this right now. So, we'll have to see. Keeping up the theme with France, people, and obviously it's getting a bit tiring talking about Paul Pogba's future. We know until until the end of the season, he's going to flirt with, you know, retaining retaining his contract at Man United and signing a new deal, going back to Juventus where we're going to speak to or going to Real Madrid. And for what it's worth, all options where he's concerned should be open. You know, what you don't want to do is commit right now to United and it still looks like it's doom and gloom. You know, if I was Pogba, I'd actually consider give. I'd actually... I actually think United can hold on to him way more than, than people give him credit. Let's be real. Money is a massive factor at his age. You know, you've got to consider money. We also need to consider stability. A bit like Bellerin at, in North London, Pogba might as well be from Manchester and not France, not to disrespect his heritage because, you know, he's as Mancunian as they get you. If you if his name weren't Paul Pogba, he didn't see him in a French kit, you'd think he came up through Carrington and he grew up in, in Side or something. So there's obviously that. I mean, they've brought in Ronaldo. They'll probably bring in a couple of other players, you know. They're going to, they could finally build a squad around Pogba. And obviously, people, you can't, it's not always, a, obviously, it's about trophies and stuff where these guys are concerned. But I think you've also got to consider, you know, man might just be happy in Manchester and happy to be there. But saying that, he's been linked with a Juventus return and he should consider it. It'd be a great piece of business from Juventus, you know, to sell him for big money and then get him for free. It won't exactly be free because I think it's going to be, you know, Mino Ranola is going to eat this summer. You know, if Pogba signs a new deal at United, massive signing on fee. If he moves, the same logic. You know, Haaland, another client of his, there's going to get a move. And I'm sure if we was to once again roll up Mino Ranola's clients to, and whatnot, there'll be a couple of others with moves and things. You know, and obviously, if you get Pogba on a free, you're going to have to give him more money and more signing on fees to his agent, Mino Ranola. Same way with Haaland. His release clause might be 70-odd million euros. The, the total outlay might be closer to, in my opinion, 100, maybe 120, 50. 
50-ish region because of when you consider the other factors, the way structure, what Mino Rinola may or may not want. So Pogba's got a lot to consider because this is also his last big move. And again, you could very well win the champ. I don't want to say it, but you could win the Champions League at Man United. Obviously not with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and things like that. Things can happen in life, but if you ifs and buts are not facts, but if they get a certified manager, things can change. Like if Conte walks through the door, Pogba, I'm sure he wants to stay. You are hearing Pogba, Bruno and Ronaldo are starting to question Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and they're probably three of the biggest characters in the dressing room. So it, you do get the vibe that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's time at Man United is limited. But for what it's worth here, Pogba hints at Juventus return, admit Man United contract uncertainty. And it's, you know, Pogba's experience, he's been around the block, you know. He's not going to be committed in saying anything, really and truly. Something needs to give. If United are looking good, I think he stays. If they're looking shaky, he goes. He's it's in his it's in his best interest to play coy on everything. But Pogba has hinted at a possible return to Juventus. Admit the ongoing uncertainty surrounding his contract situation at Manchester United, folks. One second, what's what's happening here, Twitch? Apologies, people. Sorry, we're going to get back into this in a sec. I think. My, dash, my dashboard is frozen. Which is obviously of no help to you lot, because how the hell are you lot going to listen to this? It's not going to make sense. But yeah, we're back now. Apologies for that, people. Paul Pogba has hinted at a possible return to Juventus admit the ongoing uncertainty surrounding his contract situation at Man United. He spent five years there, you know, after leaving and joining Juventus for £89 million. The 28-year-old... Um, you know, he's a top midfielder. I think it's a bit harsh to say he struggled for consistency at United. There's been times he could do a lot better, but a lot of the times he's scapegoated. Players like Paul Pogba, if they're not curing cancer, winning the Tour de France, scoring a million goals, a million assists, you already know. And I think in a game, I, I'm not not to not to disrespect English culture, but I just feel in comparison to football, I just think the IQ of the average football fan and the way they look at football is quite is not on the level to other European counterparts. I think the you know the things we praise in England are not praised there in in other countries. I think the things you know mediocre things down even down to in England you you could be shit and doing the wrong things, but if you're shouting, flying up and down, jumping up into every challenge, people condone that. Don't get twisted. Everyone likes a passer merchant, but you go among you know you go against the neighboring regions in Europe. That's not the best way to go against things. So I think there's a lot going against things, in in my opinion. You know, I don't think you need much intelligence as a footballer to, to bang here. You know, there's a lot of players that are quite crap, but they'll steal the headlines and be called world-class within England. Um, for what it's worth, though, um, he has always he he has said, I always talk with my former teammates at Juventus, Codraldo Dybala. Now I'm a Man United player. I still have a year on my contract. Then we'll see. I want to finish the season well there. Then we'll see. So we'll have to see. Pogba's comments come less than a month after his agent Mino Rinola claimed that the World Cup winner would be open to rejoining Juventus at some point. And Mino Rinola said he's open to staying at Juventus. It's best that he leaves. And it's obviously now going back to Juventus um, as well as staying at United and going elsewhere. So again, we're, we're going to see a lot of twists and turns. Pogba is out of contract in June, so we'll talk with Manchester. We'll see what happens. Turin is still in his heart. There's a chance that Pogba will return to Juventus, but it also depends on Juventus. And we know Juventus have to clear some of their wage books. In fact, they've said Ramsey can leave for free, allegedly. So we'll have to see. But for now, Pogba's got um, a final to contest with and, and worry about people. Away from that, though, um, we'll get into some other stuff because, again, I'm sure you all want to kind of vaguely talk about Newcastle and all of and all of those sort of things there, people. So we'll get into that. Let me just make sure for those of you that are watching this on a visual sort of thing, I've got my timestamp. So, yeah, from we've, we've spoken about UEFA Nations League. UEFA Nations League. One love to everybody tuned in. Make sure you're following and all of those sort of good things. Zero, zero, zero. So 1940. That was that. Away from all of that, people, we need to talk about Newcastle probably for the last time, people. Bish Bash Boss is done. It's been confirmed, you know. The big money has found its way to Tyneside, people. You know, the money league is here now, you know. A couple of years from now. Newcastle might be presenting some issues, people. I and mean, it it's good to see, you know, they've sh they're shaking up things again. There's a lot of things to be said about how much they can invest. And as much as they've got money, money doesn't, throwing money at things doesn't work or by, all the time. Or by that logic, United would be back to where they previously have been. City would have hit it off from the start. City are in a great place now and whatnot, but it took a while to get there. And there's many other examples. Um, and obviously, um, 
And obviously, you look at places like, I'd say, Monaco, you look at um, QPR, it doesn't always go right. Yeah, it is good to see. It is good to see. I'm happy for the Newcastle fans because they've got an owner or owners that have a mandate. You know, they've gone from Mike Ashley, who barely says anything, to, you know, I'm going to get into it. But the chairman and whatever have said, we want to win the Premier League long term. Again, they need a plan. They need the right structure off the field. They need the right manager. They need the right recruitment. But it is definitely good. It shakes up things. You know, I know the morality police are going to have something to say and, Obviously, I am not condoning human rights violations and any heinous acts. But if we look through every fucking owner of this Premier League or any billionaire, there nobody's hands are clean. And I think if you're sitting here and you're listening to this on a computer um, or you're, you've got an iPhone and whatever, I think you need to go practice what you preach. Because if we want to get into morality, police and that, then a lot of us wouldn't have a lot of things that we have in our household down to the damn food in our fridge. And ethic, if we really want to break it down, I'm not condoning anything, but I do think people pick and choose and when they want to take the moral high ground and they always want to, you know, move the goalposts. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of Newcastle fans who might have had something to say about other clubs. You know, look at Alan Shearer. Had a lot to say about the Super League. The minute there's an owner that's going to benefit Newcastle, again, it's all cool now. So, it, I, I like it. It shakes up things. I can't lie, you know, as long as, you know, I'm an Arsenal fan. Man United, Chelsea, these clubs, Liverpool, I don't really want them to win the Premier League. So, if Newcastle can come and shake things up to go with City, I don't really mind it, if I'm honest with you. Um, for me, I think the only thing is what this... This, this is just going to give more fuel to the Super League, in my opinion, because we already know the club, the big top six or top eight or whatever now, they want to monopolise things and they're going to keep going. And it's all doom and gloom for Steve Bruce. But, you know, again, Newcastle, they, they've got ambition now. They've got ambition. That's our, that's Aaron Ramsey. That's actually what I want to have here, people. For what it's worth, um, Amanda Stivoli, who is obviously was involved in the move to not only get Man, Man City's new owners over there, but also to get, you know, the Saudi Arabian group involved in Newcastle currently, has told Sky Sports News the long-term ambition for Newcastle United is to top the Premier League after the club's takeover was completed on Thursday. Newcastle United deserves to be on top of the Premier League. We want to get there. It will take time, but we will get there. I don't think anything's deserved. You earn the right to deserve things like that. But again, this is enticing for fans, people. Um, going on, we're proud to be part of the Premier League. It's an incredible competitive, competitive league, which we love. Premier League football is the best in the world and Newcastle is the best team in the world. So again, I think Amanda's waffling a bit here with they deserve to win the Premier League and they're the best team in the world. But that language is probably not a coincidence. It's probably used to entice the Newcastle fans and you're seeing the scenes in and around St. James's Park. It's all moving mad. They went on to say, we want to, we want to see it get those trophies, obviously at the top of the Premier League in Europe. But to get trophies means patience investment time we want everyone to work with us to build the club towards where it needs to be and i'm sure now newcastle their fans chests are high and they think they can their fans want them to compete for things but i'm sure prior to this and the crazy money that's found its way to tyneside i think most newcastle fans just wanted the owner they could believe in like you know newcastle's recruitment in the summer wasn't the best i know they got joe willock there's always rumblings you know really and truly you just get the vibe that mike actually doesn't care i just think they wanted someone that goes against all of that logic and and obviously i think that's what they're gonna get now with what they're saying now it's taking it up a gear they're right it does need patience people but finally mike ashley's you know 14 year um, ownership of newcastle is over um she also went on to say um they want to invest at every level which they're obviously going to do down to management down to how they look after their academy how do they recruit academy players how do they recruit at first team every process at newcastle is going to have to be revamped they need to look at the best in the world you look at city and people like that they need to bring in people are they going to poach people from city or people that have walked away i don't know but this is what they wanted they need to do and it's about having a plan people it's about having a plan and you know um, she went on to say, we've got a great squad. I had a great chat with Jamal Lascelles tonight as captain. We're really excited about strengthening the squad, but we have to work within financial fair play and make this done over a longer term. So again, for me, the best thing is you get the scouts in and you try and find the players of tomorrow. Can you find a Pedro Neto? Can you do what Leicester have done and find a Fufano, a Telemans and all of these guys that present resale value? Madison, they grabbed him from Norwich. Norwich, you grabbed him from um, Coventry. Can you do things like that? This is why, for me, the key thing is the scouting. Then they probably need to bring in a manager. And for me, I was talking with my boy last night and floating some names about Newcastle Gaffer. You know, for me, probably Conte will probably get more than the 14 million salary last was on there at Newcastle. But that could be something. My, my guess is, you know, I mean, could it be Gerard? You know, again, would you, you know, 
would you want to leave Rangers because he's doing good things now? But that could be something, you know. You can't mention Gerard without a certain former England and Chelsea midfielder. Could Lampard come back into the fray, you know? Outside chances, could Rafa Benitez or Alan Shearer return to the hot seat? I don't know, you know, really and truly, you know. Again, might as well bring back Andy Carroll and get the lads together. But, yeah, they have to work within financial fair play. But, I mean, they say that. There's ways around all of that sort of stuff, man. But, you know, she went on to say, but you can know and be assured that we want, reassured, sorry, that we want to invest at every level. We want to get the best squad we possibly can. Everyone talks about it, big names, but what you need is a team that works well together. That is also important. Um, she spoke about Steve Bruce, who is a man on, you know, a man on thin ice, really. She said, I did speak to the manager and said hello and introduced ourselves. We look forward to speaking to him over the next few days. There's an international break. So I think everyone is just relieved to have some rest before the Tottenham game. You know, the top Tottenham actually might be missing their South American players due to something going on there with um whatnot. But um I think, yeah, I think the way she says she's spoken to Lascelles is very different to how she's speaking over Steve Bruce. And for me, I personally think whoever the next manager is, Newcastle know who their next gaffer is, you know. We've got to remember, these men are billionaires. They've been trying to buy Newcastle for a while, you know. They, you have to have a plan. You know, the minute you get the keys to the stadium and it's your club, who are you going to have? You're not just, are they just going to sit there? And if they do, I wouldn't say they're in trouble, but they've got work to do. Okay, Bournemouth, who's our gaffer? Who's whatever? I think they know who the gaffer is, who potentially a director of football would be, all the other scouting things that need to be improved. I think they know what's going on. And Steve Bruce, unless a madness happens, I don't, I, I think they might be a bit respectful to you. I don't think you're going to get sacked straight away. I don't know that, but. I think your days are numbered. She said, we're very supportive of Steve and we've spoken to him. What we're going to do is not talk about the manager or what big signings we can make. We're going to do a review right through the football operations um, um, of the commercial side as well and come back and make some decisions. So he, right now he's got his job in it, but it does feel like war is in the air. Steve Bruce apparently has said he's realistic about his future. He has said he's fully aware that the new owners could seek a new head coach in which they're allegedly going to do. Steve Bruce has said, I'm happy for the club that this has gone through. It's a great night for the fans. I'm delighted for them. We've got to remember Steve Bruce is a Geordie as well. I want to continue as manager, but I have to be realistic. I'm not stupid and aware what could happen with new owners. I don't have any plans to speak to Amanda that I'm aware of. Well, to be fair, that's a bit different. To be fair, what I do hope is that you've got a decent compensation package written into your contract if you are to, to leave so you can get a decent payday. Um, and it's a bit sad because he's due to take his 1,000th game in, in, in charge of a, as a football manager against Spurs. It'd be nice to win. Um, he said, if I don't make a 1,000 games against Spurs, you might say that can only happen to me. It's not just cruel. It's just, it's not cruel. It's just football. That's harsh. I think they'll give you that and then you're gone really and truly. You know, I think that's it. Um, she also finally closed up by saying, we'd like to thank the incredible fans. We wouldn't be here without them today. It's their club. We want to be great custodians of this club. We take our role very seriously. We don't want to overpromise because I've seen a lot of people come into the clubs and say, we'll do this. But generally, we want to really invest in every area of this club at every level. We know it's at the heart of the community. You can feel that. It's so touching for me as well to be finally able to talk about this so openly. The last 48 hours have been exhausting. I'd like to thank the Premier League as well and to Mike Ashley for, get, for getting us all there. So, yeah, realistically, you know, not and a re, another reason as to why they could sack him is they sit 19th. Let's be real. He might sit there and say, let me get until January and bring in players. But, you know, they could have the, as many new owners as they want and bring in players, but they could be in the championship if things don't change. So I'd say right now they need to find stability. They need to find experience. They need to steady the ship and whatnot and find balance. But maybe Joe Willock knew something, people. She said, um, relegation is a real big issue at the moment and we're going to have to work hard. Performance could do with some improvement, but we've got a great squad and this squad should not be in 19th, in, should not be at 19th position. It really shouldn't. But with fair wind and hard work, we'll get there. I think it also shows the commitment of PIF and, Ru and Jamie Rubin. What I can say as PCP, I have brave and patient investors alongside me. They wouldn't have taken on this challenge. They know how important this club is to its community. We appreciate where we are in the league and we know relegation is a real issue, people. So, yeah, it is, it is, well, it is, well, it is, man, you know. And apparently, for what it's worth, Mike actually said, I rejected a better offer, but this was best for Newcastle. You're capping. You're absolutely capping. But just before that, um, she went on to say, 
The consortium-led partner is PIF. It's an autonomous, commercially-driven investment fund. It's a great partner for Newcastle. I'm very honoured to work with them. They've been incredibly patient and fabulous partners to the PCP. For me, when I came here, I knew this was only one partner for Newcastle. It was just obvious because you needed someone with, with a patient with patient capital who's brave, can take quick decisions and can also be there on sunny days and when rain starts to fall. I do hear the concerns. We want all fans to talk to us. So anyone that has an issue, they know we're here. They need to come to talk to us. We'll take them through our plan and, and introduce everyone to the PIF team. As I just said, Mark, uh, Mike Ashley, apology said, I rejected better offer, but it was best for Newcastle. Shout out. You don't care what's good for them. He said, I'd like it to be known that I received a higher offer for the club. Um, than the one that I accepted. It was from another reputable bidder who made an incredible case. But I felt that this is positive PR from a man that's doing fuckery for Newcastle and Sports Direct, by the way, people. But I felt the bid that we accepted from the current new owners would deliver the best for Newcastle United. Money wasn't my only consideration, lol. There were times when I stepped in financially to keep Newcastle United afloat. Well, it's your business. That's what happens, you know? Do you want praise for doing stuff? It's your business, really. And you stopped it being a club. He also said um, he was not in the same financial league as the consortium and said selling had to be the best option. It's hard to compete at the highest level in football with certain clubs that have almost unlimited resources. I've known for some time now that many Newcastle fans were frustrated by the situation and were in favour of change. I therefore felt that I owed it to the fans to fight tooth and nail over the last 18 months or so to make it happen doing a lot of capping but I mean positive PR hopefully they've let you keep your you keep you keep your box um at, at, um, at, at Newcastle but boy it's looking a bit peak but that's where they're at there people that was longer than I thought but nonetheless it was a good one to speak about um, Newcastle will start off signing players like Tar, Tony, Sar, Tarkovsky, etc. Won't get superstars straight away. It's fair. And they're going to rely on the foreign influx, man. You know, St. Maximin Paul could, could could come in handy. But yeah, they. I think they will get them more in, intermediate ones. A man said Bruce will use that cash to get Chris Wood and Ben Mee. They'll bring back Benitez. I wouldn't mind seeing Potter there. Potter's a shout. You know, Potter, Lampard, Gerard, Rafa Benitez return. If they can find the money, Conte. You know, good riddance to Mike Ashley. Happy for Newcastle fans. Facts. Their fans are talking about Mbappe and Haaland. I hope they're joking. Look at players like Saar, Rafina, and get a class manager. Get into Europe, then maybe you can attract. And I think, as they said, the first thing is staying in the league. Because you, bro, you could, they could, in January, they could sign all these guys and be in the championship. And you know how things are there. They need a plan. These lot are no idiots. And if they're not footballing men and women, they'll get people around them. The first plan is to stay in the league, you know bringing in a manager who needs to come in, um, reworking what they can do from a commercial aspect. Obviously, you know, we've seen the rights in the Middle East. Um, kind of in kind of entwined with Newcastle's new owners has kind of been released. Is there something these Middle Eastern owners can do to market Newcastle to the world? You increase, you increase your commercial revenue. Obviously, you can spend more. Your global footprint hurts more. They probably will attract a lot of casual fans and tourists down to Newcastle, which obviously is good for the area and whatnot as well. So they need to revamp that. And then obviously that can unloose the, the, purse, the purse string. They need to revamp their practices. How do they not get into situations like this again, being in relegation? I know they've said they've got a great squad. They don't. They sit 19th. They're, in, they're a club that spent 40 million on Joe Linton. They need to avoid them situations. For every St. Maximin and potentially Joe Willock, I've got to plug the ex-Arsenal man. How many crap signings have they been? So I'd say year one, staying in the league, finding certain players that are good enough and quality. And then obviously when you stay, stay um, you know, you get a bit of stability and you stabilise, then you can start doing things. I think they need to copy what it looked like Wolves are doing, what it looks like Leicester have done and trying to do, you know, what it looks like Leeds are on as well. Stability first. And then obviously, and for me, I find it, Newcastle should be a club challenging for Europe and things. So I like to see it. But one of my pet peeves in football is just seeing... I'm not saying every team has to win the league and things. I just don't like seeing teams that are just happy to be in the Prem, like a team like Burnley, with respect. I don't like them anyways. I want them to go down. It's just we're in the Prem, that's it. And I know the finances, it is what it is, versus you could see when Leeds got promoted first year, obviously, and Leicester to a degree. Obviously, we need to find some stability, but we're not just trying to be a Premier League team. We want to push Europe. We want to do whatever we want to do. And that's seeing them win an FA Cup, qualify for Europe, run the Champions League places close and things. And I think these are things Newcastle could do if given time. But it has, you know, they need to bring in the right people, especially around the club. 
you know, people that know how to do this thing so they can get new, get better players in, obviously do better. And then, you know, if you do better, you get places. Benitez is going to show up rubbing hands together like Birdman, probably. I wonder how much FFP would allow them to spend right now. It's based on income, right? Yeah, man, you know. And for me, that's what I would do. And like I said, raid the French and Dutch talent, you know, get your Fufanas in these sort of guys, you know, these sort of players, you know, Kareem Adinyemi, if you if, if this happened six months ago, could have probably bought him from RB, RB Salzburg and, and before Bayern and, and Dortmund and Liverpool were interested properly like that. Nevertheless, nonetheless, sorry, Newcastle fans deserve it. Facts. You know, it's just nice to see fans are talking, just being optimistic. That's what I, I, regardless of what team you support in whatever division, I think there needs to be optimism because that's what we want as a fan. Forget talking about winning this and that. We we want hope. We want something to believe in. And I don't think Arsenal fans have had that in a while and still don't have that. I don't think Newcastle have had that. When we go to work from Monday to Friday and we're playing on a Saturday, Sunday, you want to see that there's some, something to believe in. You want to feel something to believe in. You obviously want to feel a place of where you identify and you belong and I think these sort of things for a club like Newcastle that's been in the Prem and been a hallmark of the Prem, these things have not been said enough or can't be said where Newcastle's concerned so I think that's that's the issue really and truly and hopefully that's that's put put that one there to bed really if I'm if I'm completely honest with you But yeah, one love to everybody locked in. Where else? What else are you lot saying? Arsenal and Spurs will lose at the most with this. Another big fish in the pond. Liverpool after Klopp leaves will struggle with another rival. I mean, when you look at everyone, you know, there's no guarantee City are going to keep dominating. They probably will. You know, United, there's clearly no guarantees with what they're doing, with spending money. They're no longer the playground bullies anymore. You know, Arsenal and well, Spurs can't be in trouble, bro, because they've never done it. Like, they've never, they're not big dogs like this. Arsenal are in trouble. As you said, Liverpool, depending on what happens when Klopp leaves, depending on what FFG are doing, again, it looks a bit brazy. Makes the EPL even better, yeah. Don't think any other league comes close for player quality and competitiveness. I hope they get relegated this year. Raw, man. There's always one Scrooge in it. You must be Sunderland, man. <laughs> but yeah, moving away, moving, moving away from all of that, folks. Um, what is this? What else have I got to speak about? That's Mbappe. Oh, that's that's. This is for me. This is for me to read. This ain't for you lot. I could get into it, but all right, let's close that. Bayern Munich allegedly are trying to swoop for Liverpool linked starlet Kareem Adeniemi. Apparently, you know, Alisson, Edison, Fred, um, oh, United fans are probably hopeful among Brazil stars set to miss Premier League matches after early release refusal. And apparently there's a couple of Argentine lads as well, which Spurs could be without a few for the Newcastle game. <laughs> Pardon me. Apparently, Argentina are also refusing to let UK-based players depart early from international duty in the latest round of World Cup qualifiers. Brazil and Argentina are handing unwelcome selection headaches to the likes of Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea, Man United and Tottenham by refusing the early release of Premier League-based players from international duty. Both of the South American nations have stated that those selections in the latest squads must complete a three-game run through the World Cup qualifying. Um, both these nations are not due to take part in their final fixtures of the international break until the early hours of October the 15th, meaning there's little chance of those um, of those that play their club football in England making it back for domestic duty the following day, people. TT, the Brazil gaffer, has said there was never that possibility of them returning to England earlier. They were called up for three, for three games. Argentine gaffer has said, we're not going to do the same thing as last time with the Premier League players. Before the game with Venezuela, I said they all came... They came to play all three games, but the players raised a difficult decision for me and I understood it. I released them. Now the players are here to play the three games. Under no point of view, they will leave early. And that's fair play. The countries, you know, club countries have to look into their interests and whatnot. Um, but there's a bit of an issue there. And obviously, you know, it's not just them two teams there. You know, congratulations to Douglas Luiz who's been called up to the Brazil squad. But Aston Villa could be without him. Thiago Silva, where Chelsea's concerned. Emerson Royal, where um, Spurs are concerned. And obviously, Lo Celso and Romeo. Um, 
So we'll have to see people. And obviously Martinez where Villa's concerned. So that's a double whammy, you know. Fortunately, we Martinelli's not been called up to nothing. Um, so yeah, for what it's worth. So that that will obviously raise a headache to the following managers and Jurgen Klopp, Guardiola, Thomas Tuchel, Nuno, Marcelo Bielsa, Dean Smith, and obviously Oli Golasolsha is probably gonna miss them the most people. Um yeah, and for Spurs, considering their game is not until Sunday afternoon, they probably could have ran it down to the wire, but it isn't to be, people. It isn't to be. Um, away from all of that, um, let me make sure I've got the timestamps for you guys as well. Club v. Country again. Central struggles. Yeah, so Luke Shaw speaks. Shaw speaks. But Luke Shaw has had some stuff to say, allegedly, people. And he's back to Jaden Sancho to return to top form. Sancho isn't struggling. Teammate backs him to go to the very top. And I do as well. You know, how many players, if they were judged on the first six months they've played in the Premier League, coming off the back of a Euros where you barely played, probably suffering psychologically after the, pe after the penalty miss, still need to adapt to the Premier League and the culture shock, you know? 21 years of age, not the finished article. I know when you see YouTube and the brand, these things go against him. These things are going to happen. I think Jaden Sancho's a wavy player. Sancho is an absolute baller. Obviously, don't get it twisted. I enjoy mocking my United friends and stuff. But in a serious note, I always think cream rises to the top. I have to apply a bit of Oli tax. And obviously, there's a lot that Sancho probably has to do better. But I back him to, to make something happen, really and truly. Um Shaw himself said, sometimes for people it takes time. I wouldn't say struggle because I don't think he's struggling at the moment. He's working extremely hard behind closed doors. He's training really well and looking really sharp. He hasn't had the, that bit of luck that sometimes you need for your first goal or assist. But I've got no doubt in my mind it's coming. The talent he has is unbelievable. He can go to the very top. It's just about him staying focused, keep doing what he's doing in training and work, working hard. His time will come. I think so as well. And I think Jaden will have it, people. He spoke on Luke Shaw as well. He said he's definitely raised the levels. I think there's no question why he's one of the best in the world over the last 10 years. The way he conducts himself, the standard he sets and his mentality is one of the best I've ever seen. And he's got rid of the apple crumble, which I'm sure Luke Shaw is vexed about. It's only good for us as teammates to be surrounded by someone like that who will only raise the bar. We need to follow that. Everything he goes, he everywhere he goes, sorry, he wins. And the standards he sets are so high. We need to equal those standards and push in the right direction with him as a team. I haven't had to mark him yet in training, but he's very sharp, always in the right position to score the goals. And his movement is one of the best I've seen. It's no surprise he's still scoring goals and has been for many years because he's always in the right place at the right time. That's the signs of a world-class player. Facts, fair play, facts, facts, and more facts where that one there is concerned. On the topic of Cristiano Ronaldo as well, folks, people. Um, sorry, people, I'm just making sure the timestamp is there. On a rather serious note, obviously, I do think it's not been spoken about enough. And I've got to be wary of not knowing all the facts. But, I mean, there is a rape case concerning Cristiano Ronaldo. And, again... We already know, especially with what we've seen with Basuma and all these things, we already know. Can't speculate until people have been, things have happened. But for what it's worth, again, I'm just reading out the message. Cristiano Ronaldo raped Lewis Lewis lawsuit in Los Angeles. I'm messing that up. I'm messing that up. I had a brain fart there. Sorry, people. Random headache there. Apologies. That hurt. Cristiano Ronaldo rape lawsuit in Las Vegas should be dismissed. Court recommends. K Kathleen Mayotte. Mayura, I can't pronounce her name. She's alleged that Cristiano Ronaldo raped her in a Las Vegas hotel room in the summer of 2009. I can't lie. When this was leaked by Footy Leaks or whatever and all the cases and they're pacing things together, where it does look like there's a lot of substantial evidence. And I won't say it means Cristiano Ronaldo is guilty because he's been, it's been dismissed. But just because a rape case has been dismissed, against an alleged someone who's committed it doesn't mean they're innocent. I mean, you can see it in America, you can see in England, the conviction cases for rapists is quite low. So again, I'm not saying anyone's done anything. I'm just reading things out. Ronaldo has denied these claims. And to be fair, he strongly denied these claims, as you should. As, as you should, people. And apparently, a Nevada judge blamed um, her lawyers for basing the case on leaked and stolen documents. A federal magistrate judge in Nevada is siding with Cristiano Ronaldo's lawyers against a woman who sued for more than $375 million in hush money she received in 2010 after saying the international football player Cristiano Ronaldo raped her in Las Vegas. In a recommendation to the judge hearing the case, magistrate judge Daniel 
Agretz on Wednesday blamed Kathleen's attorney, Leslie Mark Stovall, for basing the case on leaked and stolen documents that alleged were privileged communications between Ronaldo and his lawyers. So it's based on the fact that you retain the legal material, so it should be dismissed. It doesn't mean anyone has or hasn't done it. And, you know, there was compelling stuff, like there was DNA and all these things. Dismissing her case, you know, dismissing Moyega's case for, for inappropriate conduct of her attorney is a harsh result, um, is a harsh result wrote in his recommendation, but it is unfortunately the only appropriate sanction to ensure the integrity of the judicial process. Stovall has acted in bad faith to his clients and his profession and his profession's detriment. Um, apparently, the, 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 the attorney in question and other attorneys in his office did not immediately respond to telephone or email messages about the order. Ronaldo's attorney in Las Vegas, Peter Christensen, has said, we are pleased with the court's detailed review of this matter and his willingness to justly apply the law to the facts and recommend dismissal of a civil case against Cristiano Ronaldo. Apparently, it's been noted the club made no decision that Ronaldo um, committed a crime and found no evidence his attorneys and representatives intimidated um, the, the poor lady or impending lawsuit. When Morega dropped criminal charges and finalised the 375 confidential settlement in August 2010. So... That's that on that case, people. It was up. It was on my list of things to speak about. So, you know, I had to. Is it up for you, lot people? It's a sim. It's as simple. Simple as that. Really. What else are you lot saying? I agree. Yeah, I think a player like Saint Maximin would would flourish surrounded by those sort of players too. He's too good for that current team and their terrible tactics. Harsh, <laughs> fair play. Don't forget to subscribe with Amazon pre Amazon Prime for free to support the the channel. The report looked strong against Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo dropped the bag on that case, but the money must be running out. He got told he wouldn't have seven, then Ronaldo came. To be fair with you, I actually think United knew Ronaldo was returning way before our fans because, I mean, a lot was made of Sancho number seven, but obviously with Ronaldo, that's probably why it hasn't happened. Shouldn't be worried. I mean, I can't lie. I do. The only things I'm worried about with Sancho is the one things that he can be accountable for is decision making. He needs to play with his head up a bit more. But other than that, it's calm. Bruce winning his 1,000th game against Spurs. We hope so. You know, we want Steve Bruce to stay in his job, man. Really. Hold tight, DG, and everyone who has a day off. Big up yourself, CPT. But yeah, man, what else have we have we got to speak about? To close up this podcast, we might as well speak about some transfer news, if there is any transfer news. I know Jesse Lingard is saying he needs to be playing regular football. I'm not going to waste time on Jesse Lingard because a blind man could have seen you're going to play second fiddle. Unless a miracle happens and you can get into the middle of that park, you're not starting ahead of anyone that goes in that front four, then front four positions unless, you know, a, mir a miracle happens. So yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, let's see what the, lo the local you know, papers and everyone is saying in relation to that. Like, I've seen Leno's been linked with another move away from Arsenal, folks. Let me go on the BBC. Pause. Let's go on the news column. Just because I haven't gone there for a while. Oxley Chamberlain's doing BBC, BBC skills challenges now. What a sad end for him, man. Apparently, Liverpool are weighing up a move for Real Madrid and Spain winger Marco Asensio, who is reportedly unhappy at the Bernabeu. I mean, you know, he's 25, but he's hardly had the career a lot of people thought when he was first breaking through. And it could be a good depth signing for Liverpool, if I'm honest, and he would suit their pressing game. Newcastle's new owners are aiming to make the club as big as Man City and PSG, who also have owners from the Middle East. And I mean, if that's not the ambition, what's the point? Um, as you can see here, people... Steven Gerrard and, and Lampard are in the frame to replace Newcastle boss Steve Bruce, who says he expects to lose the job. Manchester City are keen to open contract talks with Raheem Sterling and do not want to sell the England forward, who has two years left on his current deal. Um, Barcelona have been linked with Sterling and Manchester City would ask for France winger Ousmane Dembele in exchange if the player were to move to Spain. Apparently, Juventus have put a 25.4 price tag on United States midfielder Weston McKennie, who has been a target for Spurs. Apparently, Origi has been offered to Barcelona as a January signing. His, his contract expires at the end of the season and obviously he's had limited game time. Apparently, Harry Winks could switch to Everton in order to get more game time as well. Two Italian clubs in Inter Milan and Juventus are eyeing Leicester's 25-year-old Belgian fullback Timothy Cassange. 
Apparently, Arsenal, this, this rumour's come back again and again and again and again. We've been linked with this guy for years. Arsenal are considering a move for Zenit St. Petersburg in Iran forward Sedar Azmoun, who's 26, as a replacement for Lacazette. We've been linked with him all the time. Alexis Sanchez is drawing interest from Real Vercano, Real Betis and Valencia after falling out of favour at Inter Milan. AC Milan are keen on signing France defender Umtiti. Belotti obviously has, been, has told Torino he's leaving on a free transfer, the 27-year-old, which obviously means from January he could, a fee move, he could agree moves elsewhere uh, abroad. And he's been linked with Tottenham Hotspur and uh, obviously Arsenal. Um, Juventus are eyeing a striker and they have Akadi and Vlahovic on their waiting list. Apparently, and this guy's quite good, to be fair To be fair with you, Stoke City's Emre Tisgel. 16 years of age. Apparently, United, Chelsea and Manchester City are all eyeing him up. He's actually in the England squad as well. He's quite a decent player. Um, for what it's worth, Manchester City have joined the race to sign 19-year-old Espanyol attacker Matteo Joseph, who is attracting interest from Leeds. Apparently, from what it's worth, from what I hear, Leeds have actually agreed personal terms with him, but not a fee with his club. So it's very interesting what could happen. Bro, we're getting linked with him, man. Yeah, it is the Iranian Messi. You know, I might put that in the title of my late of, of my next video at eleven thirty on Twitch, man. I mean, on YouTube. See if that helps the engagement because that's a myth. We know where that that guy is not joining this club, man. That's a myth. A myth in all ways, in all in all ways, shapes and form. In fact, let me put that in there now on a shameless one, really and truly. How you spell Donny's name? Arsenal to sign. Sedar, sorry, folks. Sedar. Sardar, I believe. As more. Even, you know, we could even put that in the middle. Rounded this. Sorry, folks. Multitasking, man. I'm on I'm on a live stream. Or you know, this is technically how I'm doing the DG podcast now. So yeah, shout out to the podcast gang as well. Make sure you're following on Apple and, and Spotify. How can I be doing that while I'm preparing another one? Talk about multitasking, man. One love to everybody locked in. But um when Dozy takes oh it's no big leave that one there, bro. Bro, he is two meters tall. How can he be the new Messi? So running joke, they've been calling man the Egyptian Messi, them man there. So I'm mad to, like, they're not even trying to, you know, do, do you know how lazy the papers have been with Arsenal links? Everyone's replacing Lacazette, really and truly. Origi to Barcelona is just sad. Day's work done. Big up, DG. Come on, Omar. Appreciate you. Appreciate everybody locked in for what it's worth. What else is there to say? Well, let's, let's, shall I see if there's anything else troubling the world of football? I saw Zachariah has been linked with a move to join Jose Mourinho at, um, at AS Roma, which I know they're two different players. And the one thing they have in common is that they're Swiss. But maybe that has knock-on effects, effects for a potential move for Granit Xhaka. Now, I don't think Granit Xhaka will be moved on in January because you look at Arsenal's midfield options anyways, you know, they're down to the bare bones. We need to bring in players. So, um, yeah. They've been linked with they've been linked with Zachariah, who I, himself is going to be a free agent, I believe. So that might have a knock-on effect. Obviously, make sure you're joining me um, for the live stream at eleven thirty because we'll speak more about Arsenal rumors and things and whatnot. And the link's been provided. Let me see if there's anything else to do with transfers. Yeah, man. As I said, I think, like I said, people. I think Frank Lampard should. I think Frank Lampard will get this. Will get the Newcastle job, in my opinion, personally, man. And apparently, for what it's worth, I forgot. I forgot to actually. I've actually forgot. I forgot to actually say it, people. Allegedly, um, Newcastle are looking at bringing in a couple of scouts, but the Newcastle owner apparently is trying to buy Fingy. He's trying to buy Inter Milan as well, who allegedly need a broke as well. So. Maybe Conte could return, or maybe you know Inter Milan could could end up challenging um, Juventus. So that would be an in, that would be a very interesting dynamic, if I'm honest with you. One love to everybody locked in and whatnot. Um, doesn't seem like there's anything else. But apparently, what's this? In uh, this is on tribal football. Apparently, PSG agreed to. 
PSG agreed to take Salah from Liverpool as Mbappe replacement. PSG were ready to sign Mo Salah from Liverpool last summer. It's been revealed. Kylian, with Kylian Mbappe angling to leave PSG at the time for Real Madrid, the club owners had a, put a deal in place for Salah to arrive as a direct replacement. That's according to Le Parisian's Dominic Sevac, who was speaking to L'Equipe. If Kylian Mbappe left, whatever the day, everything was ready for Mohamed Salah from Liverpool. Um, they, obviously PSG, were ready to put the money 80 to 100 and everything was ready for Salah. They activated the plan. I'm sure Liverpool would buckle at that. But I mean, with with Salah's wage demands and his contract, I don't know if he's angling to move somewhere else and try something else or if he wants to commit to Liverpool. But I mean, there's only a handful of players that are going to replace Mbappé. You're probably not going to find another young G in terms of longevity unless you grab a Haaland or something like that. But yeah, man, it is what it is. On the topic of PSG as well, apparently Van Gaal is worried about um about Wijnaldum at PSG. Apparently, he said, I'm worried and I talked about it when he joined the rest of his teammates in the retreat. The alarm has not gone off yet. I could teach I have faith in him and in the other players in his situation. But coming from an injury, he needs to play. I mean, he's not wrong in that, is he? No, really and truly, he's not wrong in that. Oh, it's worth Lampard's interested in the job, people. Crazy. Where is he? What's going on here? So, yeah, it don't seem like there's any others, you know. Eduard, Crystal Palace's Eduard has been praising Kieran Tierney's ability. Apart from that, though, there isn't, there don't seem to be much. Um, what are you you guys saying, though? Bro, United are still linked with Snyder and Benzema. Bro, we're still linked with tired guys as well, man. It's crazy. Lampard wants to play career mode. Do you think Saul is going to play regularly for Chelsea at some point this season? Maybe, but again, when it's on loan and when, when it's a loan signing and the way Tuchel was speaking, it seems he's almost shocked by the level Saul's playing. You know, the games come thick and fast and, you know, Chelsea, they're trying to win the league. They're in Europe. You know, there's the cup games. You know, there could be injuries. Everyone gets their chance. But it just seems like, if anything, it looks like Ruben Loftus-Cheek might be ahead of him right now in the pecking order. And I think Saul's gone off the ball for a couple of seasons now, if I'm honest with you. So things can change very quickly. How do you feel about Ollie Watkins or Dominic Calvert-Lewin replacing Lacazette? More want Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I do like Watkins. Um, but yeah, to be fair, and to be fair with you, if we're, for the money that you're, well, you'd have to spend on them, you're talking anything from probably 50 plus, and I'm saying 50 to be conservative. If they're not, you know, I wouldn't want them to replace Lacazette. I'd more want them to replace Aubameyang or bring in a striker. Like, for me, if you're not able to find someone that's scoring typically as many goals as Aubameyang or better than Aubameyang, I don't think there's a point signing a striker, you know. With with respect to Lacazette, we didn't get the Lacazette we thought we was getting. That's why we overcompensate and talk about his link-up play, his creativity, his pressing, how he makes other people play better. Strikers should be able to do that anyway, so... That's just how I feel in that regards, man. Um, for what it's worth, though, as you lot, as you lot know, people, Flo, um, Florian Florian Verts is gaining a lot of interest. Obviously, he's doing quite well for Leverkusen, Chelsea, United are circling, and apparently, you know, he will leave in two years. Really, you know, I back them to make more money on Verts than they did on 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 Havertz. If I'm honest with you. Man said, trust me, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham are finished because next summer Zidane and Mbappe at Newcastle. I'll take your word for it, man. Make sure we're all, I would say here, but make sure you're following and subscribing on Twitch. Make sure you're obviously doing the same on YouTube and you're following me over to YouTube um, in just under half an hour, people. So it is what it is. Let me see if I've missed out any questions. Get a couple, Get a question in if you've got it, people. Let's get over to the hour mark again for extra live streams and videos. Subscribe to me on YouTube. Can't believe it, man. You know, I wish it was Arsenal. And I've seen the Qatari guys still talking about Arsenal. You know, still talking about Arsenal. I mean, I want the Qatari money, Qatari money, Nigerian money, anything money. Just, just get it in, man. Pardon me, just get it in. We need we need money now, man. We need money, man. We need Qatari money, man. No point in paying 50 plus if they don't bag 20 consistently. Trust me, that's what I'm saying. If you're not grabbing goals, that's what Arsenal like Arsenal are lacking goals, anyways. Like, you know, we're over-relying on 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 Abamian anyways. The goals have dried up. 
you know, and our goals, we don't spread the goals out enough. So what we there's no point bringing in someone that works hard. Like, come on now. The man said, I heard Mbappe had posters of Shearer on his wall. <laughs> and Les Ferdinand. And Nobby Solano. And then Boba. And C say, I know them man there. Hey man, they need Newcastle need to get the band back together, man. They need to get the band back together. Shout out to the ex-Arsenal tugs in Isaac Hayden and Joe Willock there. And to be fair, they could probably afford to buy Ivan Tony back, depending on what happens with with obviously his his current employees in Brentford, if I'm honest with you. That could be something very interesting and an avenue for them to explore. Very interesting one to consider. My man said that killed me. My man said he had Alan Shearer posters. He's saying the, the, the hand sign and that. Oh man. Let me see if there's anything else, man. Cause I don't want to leave you. Look, I know we, we have to, but yeah. For what it's worth, apparently Barcelona Barcelona players unhappy with Cumin over public criticism. Um apparently Cumin's criticism of the players in public, along with some aspects in training, have left the players unimpressed. So I mean, and he, he was very harsh on Nico. So, yeah, it is what it is. Them Qataris are building stadiums right now. I'm not sure they will buy a club right now. Bro, anyone Middle East, it doesn't matter if it's Qatar, Emirates, Saudi Arabia, bring the money, come buy the club, man. London things, you can get the club. Give Kronke what he wants, man. Kronke, sell the club, you know. Get Mbappe to the carpet. Get Haaland to the carpet. Get I, I want to dream again as an Arsenal fan. Do you think next summer will be big for Newcastle or should we wait for more just like we did with City? I don't think they're going to turn into a madness overnight, but it is, you know, provided they stay in the Prem, it is because I'm sure it's about stability, you know, definitely not being in relegation races as they was last season, as they was now, having a bit more stability, a bit more targeting a mid-table finish. And then again, getting some stability, improving the calibre of players. Then you go from mid-table to challenging for Europa slash, you know, if you can, Champions League. Then if you show you can challenge for the Champions League in terms of qualification consistently, then obviously you can target the league, etc., etc. And I'm sure Newcastle fans would love an FA Cup run or just a cup run, just bringing in some silverware full stop. Qatar money, oil money, wicked money. I'd, bro, I'd take anything, man. I tried the moral high ground thing where Arsenal's concerned. Let's do it right. It isn't that. And the moral police, again, I don't condone anyone that's doing heinous acts against people and stuff. But I mean, if we're going to go down the moral route, some of you are doing moral police while you've got night trainers on or you've bought stuff from Gap or you've bought crepes from, you know, man are getting on to people. You've bought your football boots from Sports Direct or, you know, I'm sure the food that you've got in your fridge or, or, or the fruit isn't the most ethically sourced, whether it's fish, meat or fruit, you know. So, again, if we're going to do the morality police, then there's going to be issues. A lot of you are listening to this on laptops. A lot of you got smartphones. I got an iPhone, you know. The people, the, the economy of Congo should be the richest based on these things. You know, they're not, though, are they? Putin money. Bring the Russian money. Come, bro. We don't discriminate. Abramovich, chat to your guys, you know. Where's Usmanov from? I swear Usmanov is rushing more time as well. I could be wrong. Bro, I don't care where it is. If you got the box, come and do this thing. I think um, Usmanov, I've just typed in, you know, I think he's of Russian and Uzbekistan. Again, this is before my time, but it looks like Soviet Uzbek. Yeah, so yeah, it, it looks like Soviet Union settings in it. So it does look Russian. Unfortunately, we might be a mid-table right now, man. But, you know, nothing changes in the game, but the players, everyone gets their time, man. These these times, all the club's kits are made in sweat. Bro, and I mean, people, Arsenal, certain, just to look at Arsenal, Arsenal are doing the moral police. My football club, when it was time to, to aid people with a voice about certain discriminations going on in China, we buckled it or they buckled it, you know. When you, when you see what's going on with the Visit Rwanda thing, we're airing it. Still, I forget, Visit Rwanda run this thing. You know, so if we want to do the moral police, everyone's hands are dirty. Everyone's hands are dirty. Everyone wants to think they've got morals and things. I, I'm no different. Spotify owner seems more sense, seems more sense chilling with Henri at Spurs game, bro. He needs to be chatting to his consortium, getting that bread together. Cause you know, I who knows his consortium might have been them Qatar man. He needs to get it happening, man. Roman got Yama Usmanov kicked out of Russia at one point. I don't know about that. Bro, they left man hanging. Every club, when it's time to stand up, they show man what time it is time and time again. They show man what time it is, you know. 
if you expect your club to respect the values, morals and integrity that you might have as a person or you expect in humanity, you're sadly wrong. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying you need to you need to look at the game for what it is, people. You know, this is what it is. It's a gang of thieves. Like I said, a lot of, you know, a lot of pundits that are connected with Newcastle, they condemn the Super League. The minute, boy, we're getting Middle East peas. We might be able to join the Super League. Fuck that. We're involved now. It's safe for us. It's cool now. That's a human problem now. Do you get it? Many people, you know, Premier League talking about save the integrity of the Super League. Look at the fuckery they come with. You know, nobody cares. They don't care about you as a fan. They don't care about me as a fan. And when we accept that, it's not that it's easy. It's not that it's condoning, that we're condoning it. It just makes it easier for us to move. Because when you start judging them for what they are, you start seeing what they are. And just money grabbers. You follow the money, you follow where these guys go in it, people, more time. So it is where it is, you know. It's mad. It's absolutely mad. But it is where it is, man. This is what I'm saying. All these people talk about rights, but we'll still watch Qatar because they all watched it in Brazil. They all watched it in Brazil when you heard the things going on there, you know, and they're still going to watch it in Qatar, you know. Qatar, like like you said, like you said, Qatar are going to get some friendlies and, you know, there's going to probably be a media push for football out them sides and then it's calm. It don't matter, you know. No one's going to talk about, you know, no one's going to talk about, um, you know, the rights of workers in Qatar and these things that are raised in question, Dan, you're right, because people don't give a shit, you know, they don't give a shit. Deep down, the majority of people do not give a shit. Yeah, they will say it's bad, it's, it's whatever, but it's not my reality. I have the luxury of turning it off, so it's not my reality, you know, and we live in a day and age where people say they're praying, it's just a tweet, or they say they're thinking about people, it's just a tweet. Once that tweet or, or or social media post is done, they're going back to living their own bubbles. You know, it's crazy. In a day and age where when we should have more empathy and sympathy to people, you know, we're almost desensitized to, to things and we're almost more selfish, I think. So it's crazy, man. Really, really and truly. Trust, everyone wants to talk about human rights violations until it's time to go on Dubai, to, on holiday to Dubai and then, man, lay, lace that side of the world. Exactly. And then places are the side of the world. Exactly. Exactly. Everyone's a hypocrite in life, man. They all are. They all are. Everyone tries to take the moral high ground and wants to think that they're saying the right things and all these, but it's not how the world works, people. But on that note, though, I think that's going to draw an end to this podcast slash, you know, Twitch talking things. Again, big up everyone who's going to listen to this on the reruns on Apple and Spotify. When it's on YouTube, you know, you'll see it on YouTube. One love to the Twitch gang because you're always here. You know, follow me over to YouTube at 1130 if you wish, people. If not, you know, I appreciate you you tagging along for this so yeah man like Dana said it's all just virtual signaling and for likes and retweets it's all image of reality before I go exactly it's like when I talk about racism you know a lot of people have clocked a lot of organizations have clocked we don't have to give a shit about actually fixing racism if we're just seen talking about it and seen as that we can get some commercial opportunities I look at people like I can't lie Piers Morgan not just with racism he's loyal to his own ideologies he likes to be seen saying the right things he's the, the he if 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 you know, he's the original likes and retweets merchant. And I think people are on things like that. People are on things like that. They just want to be seen and heard. Why do you think? I've sat, I've actually sat in a lot of conventions when it comes to football, even actually fucking YouTube, when they do events about, you know, um, diversity. And they speak about it. They speak about racism like climate change. It's like, yeah, it's bad. It needs to change. But it's the next man's problem or the next one woman's problem. It's not really my reality. I'm a good person. I'm not racist. This and that. So, boy... You know, this is the world. This is the world we live in, really and truly. It's all mad. But, anyways, people, I'm gonna get out of here. Join me over over on YouTube at 11:30. Um, you know, obviously, I would say link is in is in the bio, but there's no bio on Twitch. So yeah, obviously later as well. I'm gonna be 4 p.m. I'm gonna be live to talk to play Football Manager. So make sure you're all here for that. Um, so yeah, two more bits and bits and pieces of content, people. So yeah, man, I'll catch you lot in a bit. It's been a great one. <laughs> I've been given like